Hello and welcome to episode 143 of the Pen Addict on Relay FM. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Harry's, an exceptional shave at a fraction of the price. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend that is Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hey Mike, how are you? I am good, sir. All the better to be here talking with you again. Uh, we're as we record this mere hours, uh, thirty nine, in fact, from our Kickstarter uh, campaign being over. I'm very excited to see that um, to see that that final hour tick over. It's gonna be yeah. Good. It's gonna be good times. It's gonna be real good, and um, we're going to talk about that momentarily. But first, I want to introduce a special guest today. A what? Uh, uh, a, a legend in his own mind, uh, Mr. Dan Bishop from Karis Customs, our, our longtime favorite pin maker. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. Is Dan just here to to like to tell me off or something? <laughs> he might. <laughs> I thought that was what the pre-show was for. How dare you lose something that I made for you? Yeah. I no, we just we repossessed it. Actually, I oh, sent a guy. Oh, that yeah, makes yeah. sense now. Now uh, I get it. You weren't loving it enough. You didn't pay enough customs fees, so we had to take it back. <laughs> customs fees. Oh man, you need to think of a way to use that. Like the customs fees. I like mm-hmm. that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna talk to Dan about the LA Pen Show, which I'm pretty excited about. I know we've done like an Atlanta Pen Show recap uh when I've gone and visited the show, but Dan not only visited the LA Pen Show, but him and Bill Karras actually set up a table and were vendors at the Pen Show. This so this is pretty awesome. I'm I'm pretty excited about talking about this. But um let let's take care of a little business real quick and then we'll get into the pen show stuff. Sound good guys? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So the Kickstarter, Michael, like you said, what do we got? Thirty thirty eight hours to go, thirteen thousand four hundred and twenty five dollars. Our backers are awesome. And last week I made an update because I went to the fabric cutting shop and picked up the forest green and yellow interior for the cases. So I posted that on the Kickstarter page. If anyone who is following and has not seen that um, update on the Kickstarter page, go take a look at the uh, the primary colors for your new high tower cases that we're going to make for this project. I'm pretty excited. They look uh, really, really good. And um, the, the cases are going to turn out awesome. So we are looking forward to that. One of my favorite things about the, this whole process has been how uh, my girlfriend tells me about the updates. Like I, I have no idea that they're going to happen um, because Brad doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> and then I only find out because she's a backer because I didn't I didn't back which I feel so good about like after last week where we were reading through the rules because <laughs> like yeah, technically right. by those rules she shouldn't be a backer like I think oh really well you kind of said like you can't have anybody that's related to you or the project but really okay yeah but I, I, I knew I, you couldn't back your own projects but I didn't know I mean certainly I mean people have family members that back the projects I don't see why I think, you know I think that's yeah. technically okay but they have it in there in case it gets abused yeah you know so I've if, seen, if you get one of those 10,000 levels right and then someone's yeah. backing that yeah I've seen one case of abuse uh, of that so where it, it didn't come to fruition but we won't uh, we won't get into that <laughs> why not <laughs> all right so moving on quickly before i get in trouble and get angry <laughs> um i did the on wire cutter they were nice enough to have us uh myself brian green elizabeth from no pen intended we um helped them out with a best um best pen article i don't know last year sometime and they just recently uh Asked for our advice again for a best mechanicals pencil article that they did. Uh, Tim Barabo, who uh, has been real nice to, and, and easy to work with at, at Wirecutter. So this posted last week um, the best mechanicals events, mechanical pencils. And uh, the winner's pretty easy, Mike. Do you even need to look at the article to know what it is? Well, all I'm going to say is if what I expect to be the winner is not the winner, there will be trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm opening it now, and I can see right on the top of the page we have a Kurutoga. Yeah. You couldn't pick anything else. Sorry, dude. No. Yeah. Yeah, no shot at anything else, especially the low-end Kurutoga, which, I mean, you can get for as cheap as like $3, $3.50, something like that. I've had mine. Um, I've got mine right here. I've had it since like we started this show. Right. right. I, I actually bought it like a couple of weeks before we started the show, I think. Yep. Oh, sure. Yep. You don't lose that. Great. Well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I, have no, I have nothing. I have nothing. I just, yeah, so- I, here we go again. I just don't know where it is. My only thing is that I must have taken it out of the house to use it, and somewhere along the way, it's... I think it, yeah, I think at this point it would have turned up in the house. Yeah. It, so it must have escaped. So TR4656 in the chat room says, surprise, the Rotring isn't on there. I think that was probably my second choice, the 600. Um, and I, I am surprised it didn't get on there, but the Pentel Sharp and the Pentel Sharp Carry um, and the Pentel GraphGear 1000 all are excellent, excellent additional choices. Um, I, I love all, all of those pencils, and um, they give you a really good writing experience when you use them. So it was fun to be part of another... Wirecutter article, and I'm uh, glad this one finally saw the light of day. We were working on this one last year as well. So, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So this one, this one's been a, a while in the making. I will give Wirecutter credit. I don't know a lot about them. I know, uh, was it Ben? Who's the Wirecutter guy? The main guy? I never talked to him. But oh, Tint. Yeah. Um, you know who I'm talking oh, about? Mm-mm. Gizmodo guy. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name though. Yeah. So, um, but Shane? Tim has been. No, 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 never mind. Yeah, never mind. But anyway, Tim is excellent to work with. He's really thorough, which is why these take so long. And you can see how long these articles are. I mean, they take this stuff seriously. I mean, we go back and forth. I mean, sometimes dozens of emails and just his he like nitpick my answers. And then he does this with everyone else. So I know they put a lot into these articles. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, Thirdly, Mr. Bigfoot himself, we're just going to start calling him that Dwayne Lively, who went and hunted down the uh, Bigfoot uh, vanishing point for us. Last week, Mike, <laughs> he wrote an article about on his blog about um, his experience being involved in our shenanigans. And I'm not going to read the whole article to you, but I wanted to read the very first sentence, and then everyone can find the show notes at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 143 to go click and read the rest of this post. And you should because it's really good. But the first sentence should have you sold. It says, perhaps the oddest thing the internet has done to me is turn me into a pen detective. So <laughs> you, <laughs> you can follow up from there. I cracked up when I read that. So it, it's pretty funny. So go check that out about um, the the hunt for the elusive and turns out to be non-existent orange vanishing point. You, did you know, Mike, and I think we might have, did we talk about it last week? There is an old limited edition orange vanishing point did you know this with chrome accents no it was released like in the 90s and they pop up every now and then they run about 500 bucks if they do show up it was a limited edition so that one is not on the radar (laughs) i will be passing on that one but uh if anyone has a good deal on one you know i guess get in touch but you rarely see them they're very very limited right um i'm gonna have to go show mascot on Mel, who writes us these amazing bullet point podcast responses. Are you getting these, Mike? <laughs> I am, yeah. <laughs> How amazing are they? They're kind of like, okay, I want to say something very quickly. So, we're, you know, I'm very happy to grant the, the co-mascot status for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just want to be very clear. We only need one person to do this. <laughs> like, Mel, I, I, want, I want Mel to know I really appreciate these because they're funny to read through. But I really, I can't, I can't have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does, you're saying that because, and only you and I have seen these, she does an extremely thorough mm-hmm. job at doing this and it's actually very very helpful because um being in the japanese market like she is she get she gets a lot of clarifications for us and expands yep. on a lot of the topics that we talk on especially around japanese pins she can elaborate you know like where all the uh the platinum lakes um that they made the the 3776 some of those pins out of the clear ones you know where are the different lakes i love every second of these and i read them at least two or three times because I, I, I always uh, pick up something that I don't. And, and Mel, I feel bad that I don't reply to everyone because I, I read them and I, I don't know what to say. It's like you blow my mind yeah, every time. Like, I can't. I, I can only like tell I you you're this reply. awesome. There's yeah. nothing to say, like, right. <laughs> because it's we've already been through it. But they're nice to refer. It's like it's like play by play commentary of what's happened in the show. Effectively, that's a, that's exactly that's the best way to put it. Mel puts together a play by play. I've just put this in byword. It's 651 words, um, this recap. So it's basically a play-by-play of the show, and it's freaking hilarious. 
And, um, I mean, she even has, like, laughs in here <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> but, you know, I think she's not looking for a response, Mike, because she the way she ends the, um, ends the, uh, the uh, emails is, see you guys next week. Yep. <laughs> it's just, like, she likes to do it, and she's helping us out, and it's really awesome. So, Mel, if I don't give you an email response, I wanted to give you a podcast response and say thank you so much for doing this. It really, really makes my day when I get these emails in my inbox, and I usually keep them in there for about a week because I read them multiple times. Mel, here's a question that you can answer at this point in the bullet point response. Uh, can we take for next week's episode your response for this week's episode and just post a like? We'll, I'll upload it and we'll post a link to it so people can see uh, an example of the work that you do. You can let me know if you, if you're happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Yeah, no, no pressure either. Yeah, so. it doesn't matter either way. But if you if you want people to just get a flavor of what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> All right, and last one. The Enco Rymo is in full swing for February, um, the letter writing month. And I made a comment on Twitter. I've received a bunch of letters. So have I. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And have you found, like I have found, the quantity of people using brown ink has blown my mind. Like I get so many letters in brown ink and I've realized how beautiful these brown inks are and they're really good for letters that I'm going to have to dip my toes into the to the brown ink spectrum. I just got another one today, probably before I even said that on Twitter. I opened it up right before the show, another brown ink letter. I'm not, so what's your what's your take? I'm not getting brown ink, but I am mm-hmm. uh I am increasingly surprised at the amount of people that seal the em- the seal the envelopes with wax. Yep, that's probably my number two takeaway. Lots of wax seals, which are really cool. My my uh, thing that I have to admit, though, is I've received them all and I've looked at them all, but I've not done anything with them. I haven't responded to the people that have sent me the letters yet, and I intend to do that. Yeah, and see, I, I haven't responded either, and I actually laid it out up front that you know I'm probably not going to have time to respond to everyone, but I would love to get your letters if you want to send one out for Rimo. so... I have not replied, and I don't know if I'm going to have time to do that, to be perfectly honest. But um, I know Jeff's been doing some at the shop. People send them to knock as well, and Jeff's been shooting out some replies. So I can't thank even, you all. I don't even want to know what they say. I can't <laughs> even imagine the types of things he must put in letters to people. Like, just stuff that doesn't make any sense to anyone. Yeah, I, I spent Thursday and Friday at the shop last week, and um, I, I will agree with that statement. That's probably the case. So it was a, <laughs> it was it was a good couple of days I had last week from something I don't get to do often enough. So I love that guy. I, love, I yeah, can't. I, I I cannot wait to 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 meet him. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. genuinely really excited about it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great, and we're gonna get to meet Dan Bishop in person too. Bishop, are you coming to the pen show? I am. I didn't know that. Yeah, this oh, is a no. recent, yeah. This is a recent development, oh, probably in no. the past few weeks. He's gonna beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> so let let's get into some pin show stuff, Mike. But let's let's talk about one of my favorite sponsors of all time. That is our friends over at Harry's. For many of us, shaving is a pain. Uh, It can be uncomfortable, it can cause nicks and cuts and scrapes, it can cause razor burn, and most of all, all of this pain comes at a high price. But that's where Harry's come in. Harry's was started by a couple of guys who wanted a better product without having to pay an arm and a leg to get it. Harry's make their own blades. They make fantastic blades, high-quality, high-performing German blades that are crafted by shaving experts. They love the blades so much that they found in this German factory that they went to that they decided to purchase the factory to make sure that they would always have the blades that they wanted and needed and loved. Harry's razors offer a high-quality shave at about half the price of other big brand blades they ship for free to your doorstep and their starter set is an is an amazing deal just 15 dollars. you get a razor moisturizing shave cream or firming shave gel and three razor blades on average an everyday shaver saves 150 dollars each year on blades using harry's and with harry's your satisfaction is guaranteed because it is that important to them mr brad dowdy considering that you are such a lover of harry's products could you tell me a couple of things that you like about them I, I just like how the quality of the handle. I like the sharpness of the blades. They do not dull quickly. This is not like some low end blade that you're gonna burn through once a week, and you know they're just gonna get you to buy more and more blades. They ask, actually last me quite a while. Um, I am an every other day shaver though, so take that uh, for what it's worth. <clears throat> 
but um yeah just the the quality and i especially like the <laughs> i've never been an aftershave gel uh, aftershave lotion guy but their aftershave lotion smells so nice i am uh i'm all over it and uh just about to place an order for some more so i i i just like everything about their product there's there is no negative for me the design the quality the feel the price everything's spot on you gotta look after your skin man yep it's important stuff. I know, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready for you. You're coming soon, so I'm I'm doing some uh, skin prep. <laughs> you can experience a clean, close, comfortable shave with Harry's. Go to Harry's.com right now, and they will give you five dollars off if you type in the coupon code Pen Addict with your first purchase. That's H A R R Y S dot com, and enter the coupon code Pen Addict at checkout for five dollars off and start shaving better today thank you so much to harry's for their support of this show all right so dan i have a lot i wanted to ask you about the pen show there's so many things rattling through my brain but let's start with the basics and how did this happen how did karis decide to go to the pen show how did bill get on board with doing this and just kind of give us a little bit of the background of the lead up to the pin show, how you made that decision and, you know, just getting there and, and getting set up and doing this as a company. Well, uh, obviously we, we have different avenues for marketing our products and we looked into pen, the pen shows and, you know, I didn't know anything about them because, uh, you know, in the Phoenix area, they don't have pen shows, obviously. So we, just kind of looked at, I think it was probably even, it's like December. I said, oh yeah, let's, you know, I heard there's one in LA. When is it? And we're like, oh, February. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was almost like immediately we found out how much it was to get a table. We got a table, we booked a hotel and it's, it's a six hour drive. So it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So we just hopped in the truck with a bunch of pens and, you know, pocket protectors and stickers and just drove to California. That's awesome. And just to just to lay a bit of the groundwork for those who aren't familiar, not just with pen shows, but with L.A. specifically. L.A. is probably one of the two largest pen shows in the world, but it's the most different schedule of any pen show, being that... Thursday through Saturday are called trader only days. You have to buy a mm -hmm. special pass and then Sunday is your public day, right? So how did you guys plan on, you know, these first few days as opposed to getting ready for Sunday where I imagine every year I see it, it's just like mass chaos on Sunday. <laughs> so, so how does the, the first few days compare to like a Sunday? Well, we, we went, decided to go for every single day. So we drove out Wednesday night Got in at like uh, around one thirty in the morning because we left after work, mm -hmm. and then we we got up bright and early. We went into the the ballroom, and there were already a bunch of people, you know, looking at people's tables and some other things. And we just kind of set up at a random table and uh, were quickly ignored by. Um, <laughs> The regular crowd, and, and I'll explain sure. why. And so, the the trading days, the people who usually go in for the trading days are the people who are either vendors or you know really big enthusiasts, or people who are looking to complete a collection or to find repair parts or something. You know, they're not just there to you know browse. They're it's serious business. I mean, some of these people were there day one setting up their tables to get ready for Sunday. So. Um, we found out that you can kind of, you can find out what table you're supposed to have on Sunday and you can kind of stake a claim on that table, but we didn't know that. So we set up, um, in somebody else's area, I guess you would call uh, it. Gotcha. And so they came up and said, uh, can you guys move? And we <laughs> went, uh, sure, but why? And it's, it, there's a lot of, uh, I guess etiquette and tradition involved in, and it wasn't a big deal you know so mm -hmm. we just ended up moving and we, we ended up sliding down a little bit and we were in the spot that was supposed to be mike matsuyama's spot you know <laughs> so th the end of the day we actually moved to our you know correct table that we were going to end up at on sunday mm -hmm. so 
But um, yeah, Thursday was just a bunch of people setting up. You know, the Andersons were there, of course, and you know a lot of the other vendors were were coming in and setting up. But it wasn't really fast paced. It was pretty pretty chilled out. You know, there wasn't super crowded amount of tables because the the traders, as as you said, um, the first three days, like anybody can buy a trading pass and they can go right. into the show and get their personal collection out and sell or trade or they can go and meet with other people but you're only allowed to take up half a table per trader's pass mm-hmm. but as the days go on you know especially most people work so thursday friday it's kind of slow saturday gets busier but i think saturday it was to the point where they were scrambling looking for tables they were kind of wandering around saying who had permission to occupy a whole table, you know, because we had a trading pass plus a vendor pass, so we could occupy a whole table the whole time. But some people got shifted around and, you know, it's it's serious business. Yeah, reading some of the um, some of the recaps and some of the, uh, the stories people were telling, um, it sounded like serious business. There were some serious pins and some serious money changing hands. We're going to have a bunch of uh, recap links in the show notes that y'all should go check out and read if you want to uh, see some pictures um, of the show and kind of get a feel for, for what it's like to be there. So when you guys are there Thursday, um, did you do any... Uh, did you do any shopping? Did you feel like I just kind of need to hang out and let people figure out who Karis Customs is and, you know, make sure they're comfortable around these bearded fellas that are sitting here <laughs> and, <laughs> and what, you know, you know, just kind of, kind of lay low on Thursday or y'all just kind of get out there? Well, I previously, I've been in contact with a couple of people. I'd spoken with Lisa Anderson to kind of mm-hmm. ask her a few questions about, you know, what to expect at the show. So I met a lot of people in person that I had dealt with before. Brian Gray, Scott from um, Franklin Christoph, you know, like I said, the Andersons. But we had we'd have customers come up to us, and it was interesting because the the vintage crowd typically is an older crowd, mm. but occasionally we'd get uh, somebody would come by and um, they just look at your table and keep moving. But somebody would stop and say, "Oh, I know you guys. I follow you guys on Instagram," and you're. And you're just you're kind of astonished because there's this gentleman there that you would never guess was on Instagram, but then you know they sometimes they would pull out a pen. Yeah, I've got one of your pens on me right now. So uh, it was it was cool to meet people that had your product that were looking for you at the show. So I've never had that kind of experience. Right. So so you. You, you haven't had that kind of experience in person, but you're used to that online, right? I'm wondering what did what did Bill say when someone like that that you wouldn't expect in a million years to be a Karis customer, and here comes this guy and he's taking out this pen. Like what what is? I, I'm really curious what Bill thought about this whole thing. He um, I think he enjoyed it more than he thought he would. In fact, when we got home, he started writing with a fountain pen. <laughs> oh yeah! Look, he's he's a, he's been yeah. one over now. Well, I don't I don't know how long it'll last, honestly. No, but he, I think the, it just being immersed in that environment. I mean, we were there for four days, which yeah, we we didn't need to be there the whole time because the vintage guys don't really you know, they don't need us for anything. So we're just kind of there for a few people's benefit. But um, mm-hmm. Bill. No, he he enjoyed it. I mean, he was there, and we interacted with a lot of the customers, and everybody was really nice. You know, we I don't think we met anybody there who was um, anything but just absolutely cordial. You know, people would look at our product, and even if they, they weren't interested in buying it, sometimes they'd come, they'd ask questions, and, you know, I would show them how, you know, everything worked. We We kind of had to change the way that we displayed things a little bit because people didn't understand, you know, like exactly what we were. Kind mm-hmm. of, I said. Well, what is this? What is this pen? It's called the ink. What and what's this? What the grip sections are? What and so <laughs> we we got to the point where uh, we had a few inked up and we had some rhodia pads out and we let people try them. And I mean, I, I worked commission based uh, retail sales through high mm-hmm. school and college at mm-hmm. an automotive paint and supply store, and so I, I was used to talking to people and 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 selling people things, but you know, interacting with them because the products that I sold were fairly expensive. So, uh, 
I I was familiar with people who, you know, were wanting to spend money on things but weren't sure what they wanted. So people would come by, you know, people would bring their girlfriend or something to the show and then I would I would hold up, you know, like a violet ink and say, "Hey, you should look at this." And then the girlfriend goes, "Ooh," and then she opens <laughs> it up and then sees the, "Ooh, I got like a double double layered ooh one time." Um but I got to meet lots of small um pen makers. There was some people, I'm horrible with names. I got all their business cards so that I'd remember them, but people as far as Ontario and Canada had come to the show, you know. Um I ate dinner with um a gentleman from Chicago and uh, his name is Pierre, but I can't remember the name of his pen company. I'm really bad at it. But um Oh, uh, the um Gosh, he makes those long wooden like, yes. flexnib pens. Gosh, yes, I, I'm blanking. On, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I can't think of the name. I'll, I'll find I it can't, and we'll put it in the show notes. I can't pronounce it. Um, but um, start. It starts he, with an R. Someone in the chat room will get it for me. It's the the Desiderata. Yeah, the Desiderata. Yeah, gotcha. But he, I ended up going to dinner with a bunch of people from the Fountain Pen Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the forum. It was fantastic. We got sushi, we talked pens, and just kind of hung out. And it was kind of neat because I was just, you know, they just said, hey, you want to go to dinner with us? I, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? <laughs> and so I, I got in the car with uh, with Pierre, you know, and we just went and got sushi and hung out. It was it was a great time. So that's, that's like the biggest takeaway, and that's what I think Mike's going to find at the show, is that the people are just genuinely awesome. And that's why I'm glad y'all, even though – really Sunday is the day for you as a company going the those early days is better for you just to kind of mingle and just kind of meet all these people that you've talked to online, like the Andersons, you know, that you maybe not have ever met in person and just kind of get that, get the whole feel and just kind of ease into it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, hopefully that was a good experience for you guys. It sounds like it was an awesome experience, to be quite honest, and I'm jealous I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it sounds like you did it exactly right. You know, you just got in there, you know, you hooked up with a bunch of people you've been talking to online, and you met some new people. And then um, then Sunday, let's talk about Sunday. So <laughs> Friday and Saturday, Friday and Saturday is pretty much kind of the same task you said sunday saturday it's getting a little bit busier and as far as the traders go and then sunday happens and it's like the floodgates are open right so like what's the difference right. between the previous three days and then all of a sudden sunday happens well it's it's funny because everybody they talk to us you know everybody you know brian gray the andersons everybody they're like this is your first show right yeah it's our first show so uh you know sunday's kind of crazy right um that's what we've heard yeah it's it's crazy just so you know it's crazy and so we were kind of thinking um because we we, we'd done a couple hot rod shows and stuff when um the good guy shows here in town when we sold phone cases and some other things and so we'd been to some events but everybody was talking like it was gonna be like the end of the world (laughs) you know and um Everybody's like regaling us with stories about how, you know, they're some of the the sponsors of the show have goodie bags and they have people with their arms outstretched with goodie bags lined up on their arms and the people are like running by and grabbing them off the arms and all this. I'm like, this is going to be madness. This is just going to be just total pen insanity. So we geared up for the show and um, a line started out the out the lobby and into the parking lot. And, um, it was a big push at the beginning, but it was really steady all day. Apparently in some, in the past, there'd been a huge push, like really, really big. And then it kind of died down. This was just busy all day, but it was, it was great. A lot of people came by and talked to us. I, uh, Bill went out to the truck in the parking lot and somebody saw his shirt and said, is Dan Bishop here? <laughs> And he came back and he came inside and he said, there's some guy here who's looking for you. And I was, I didn't, what do you think about that? Like I, I saw, I went, um, what's he look like? And he's like, oh yeah, I'll point him out when he gets here. I'm like, that's not going to do me any good. 
But <laughs> apparently the guy came by and talked to us, and, and, and I, I didn't even know. So it was just somebody who was looking forward to meeting us, apparently. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't handing you a manila envelope or anything, was he? <laughs> oh, uh, no, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay. But... You, weren't, you weren't in trouble then. He, like, cut a lock of my hair off while I wasn't looking. <laughs> no, um, no, it was it was really great. And it seemed like, because a lot of the people on the Trader Days were, were older people, you know? And, I, I mean, I don't want to, like, sound, like, what is it, ageist or whatever mm-hmm. you would call it, but, like, a lot of gray hair. Sure. And um, pretty much anybody who was under 35 would stop and talk to us. And so when the public days opened up, I mean, we got kids that were from like, even on Saturday, that looked like they were from maybe like a high school, like club or something with their teacher. Mm. This one kid, he wanted a brass bolt so bad. He came by like six times. I don't think he ever bought one, but um, I was ready to almost just like, okay, okay, how much can you afford? You know, like I want to give you, (laughs) but he was just like constantly coming by, you know, just like a shark, just back and forth over and over again. But it, it was it was crazy, you know, all day on Sunday until the very end of the show, we had people coming by. We, we were giving away pocket protectors and stickers and stuff. And in fact, Mike Matsuyama came by and he, he saw that we had stickers and, and pocket protectors and we're like, yeah, you take one. And he's like, really? And like, yeah. And he said, take, <laughs> take a few. I think he t- seriously, I think I unloaded like 20 pocket protectors and a whole bunch of stickers <laughs> on him. So... <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to him or where they're going to go, but he was very excited to get them. So I, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> I'll give him some grief when I see him in Atlanta about that. I'll say you're you're out, and I need one, and he needs to give one up to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it well, was. Ha- go ahead. No, I was just gonna just gonna say how did it's almost impossible for you to have any type of expectation going into something like this the first time, but ha- did you have, you obviously I'm not asking for numbers, but did you feel like it met your expectations? It was worthwhile, not just from a publicity and meeting people aspect, but did you actually do good business? We, we did okay business. Um, the, the main point of the show was to kind of, to be there to say, Hey, right. This is, we're here. Like we're and, part of this community too. Like yeah, that yes. goes that goes further than any dollar amount. Yeah, and the the it's so funny because I was in charge of of like coming up with a list of things to bring to the show, and I totally overpacked. I mean, in <laughs> in, in like the worst kind of way. I mean, we brought so many pens and. Um, so, you know, when I, when we go to Atlanta, it's going to be my wife and I, we're going to probably, we'll have the reader's digest version of that inventory in a, in like a carry on bag or something. But, um, no, it was like, cause we had no idea what to expect. Like you said, it was, um, you don't know how many pens somebody sells. Like you see an online company that makes products and people talk about them on the internet. And so you, you don't know. They could sell a hundred a day. They could sell two a day. And right. so we, we figured we're six hours away. Let's just pack a whole bunch of stuff up. And if we don't sell it, we'll just drive it back to the shop and sell it online. You know, like I mean, yeah. it wasn't. It was like the end of the world. So like, yeah, like what's the worst that can happen? Like you take some back. Like it's better than not having enough. And then all, like for two days, you're like, no, we haven't got any. You yeah, know? And that and that happened actually. It's funny because. Uh, one of the colorways that we we sell is the gray ink, and mm-hmm. online everybody kind of looks at it and goes, Ugh, you know, and they just because nobody buys them, I you know, and at the show I took one and I put a a copper grip section in it and I put it out on display in one of our little our display cubes that everyone kept trying to steal and or buy, um, <laughs> but uh, I, so I put it out there and people would open it up and they're like, this is awesome. You know, and we sold, I think we only brought like six and we sold them like in the first day, even, and it was super slow otherwise. And so it comes Saturday, everyone's like, do you have any of these or, or whatever? And we're like, sorry, they're gone. Well, you, you talked me into the gray, um, years ago on the, uh, render K cause I was buying a gift for someone. And the first, my first choice wasn't in us. And you said, man, you need to check out this gray. I promise you, you will like it. And I got it um, before I sent it off to the person I was giving it to. I was like, holy crap, you were right. The gray is, is really a legit looking color. 
in person. It may be hard to relate online, but it's a, I can confirm that's a pretty sweet pen. Yeah, it's, color is such a subjective thing too. And every, every batch that you get back from anodized can be a little bit different. So, um, like you said, we had some, some variations with the orange, the orange from the, uh, from the inks wasn't as bright as it had been in the past because the vendor had sold the business to another person. And, and so we've been chasing orange, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, so we didn't have any orange. We didn't have any blue because we'd sold out of them all. Um, people kept buying them from Kickstarter and losing them. So we ran out. And um... <laughs> orange and blue, man. I'm telling you, see, mine were orange and blue. You mm. guys did something like self-destructing or something. I don't know. What's <laughs> so, but yeah, we people seeing things on the internet is is entirely different than handling them in person. We had several people yep. come by and pick them up and go, "Whoa, these are so different than what I expected." Mm. And you know, I got to run down to uh, you know nibs.com's booth and like look at all the Nakayas and like open up the titanium one and look at it and. And then run back to my booth. Like nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw the pictures of the nibs.com stuff. It was uh pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Well, yeah. some of the I mean, the pen world is so crazy. I mean, there's you know I saw everything from Nakaya's, you know, where completely understated, you know, you know, lacquered pens to, you know, like some of the Monte Grappa you know, the chaos pen, the Sylvester Stallone chaos pen. Oh God! Yes. You know, so yeah, I I want that poster on the wall. <laughs> if any reader can get me the chaos poster, I'm gonna forge his signature on it and put it up on my office wall. Is that the one where yeah. he's like kind of standing to the side? He's flexing. He's yeah. like, no, oh, this pen. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna find it and put it in the shots. <laughs> It's so good. That talking about that pin never gets old. I've never seen one in person, so that's awesome. No, but it was it was interesting. I mean, you go to the show and you see all all kinds of characters. Oh, and here's one thing I need to ask the pen community. So one thing there was an abundance of at the show was older guys wearing fly fishing vests. <laughs> yeah, I saw and, that a lot of that in London. What what's what, I mean, I never saw anybody utilize the pockets. Maybe I, I mean, maybe I, I'm not, you know, watching these guys constantly, but I'm thinking, is this some kind of pen vendor uniform that I'm not aware of? Because <laughs> I, I yeah. there's a Bass Pro Shop like two miles from the shop, and I can, you know, I can get her done. So, so that's what that's what Jeff and I. That needs to be our uniform at the Atlanta Pen Show. We each need a fishing vest. You need to sew one out of like the obnoxious colorways. Oh, you know, we the could worst do that. that and yeah, you Jeff better... already has a denim vest that he's sewn for himself, so I know he could knock that out. No, I mean it's 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 just funny. I'm you know I'm teasing obviously, but yeah. it was it was interesting to see these guys. You know they they come out and they have all these pens, and I look up and the guy's got a fishing vest on, mm-hmm. and I I guess I don't know. Maybe they have like all kinds of MacGyver stuff in their pockets, but. Yeah, I, I'm kinda... guessing that's it uh, to carry all the extra accessories they have. But who knows? Who knows? So this was one of the biggest pin shows in the world, if not the biggest. And it's your first foray into the pin show world live and in person. What are your big takeaways from the show, either good or bad? Or, you know, from that very first time, you know, what kind of met your expectations? What? didn't meet your expectations. So what what did you go home, the conversation you and Bill are having on the way home about how this went and what, what were your main takeaways? Um, that it was important to bring young blood into this industry. I mean, we, we spoke we, we spoke to um, the people at Pen World Magazine and I had a conversation with, with Laura, the editor, and um, it, a lot of the, you know, Vintage pen collectors, they, they they don't see any kind of plus in having, you know, modern pens. They want the they just want the old stuff. But to bring younger companies into the into the fold is important because when you know, 
10, 15 years goes by, no, there's not going to be anybody new going to the show. We had a lot, like I said, anybody who was under the age of, you know, let's say 40 or 45 instead of 35, you know, they were talking to us. They were looking at our products because for them, you know, this is a, a modern product. At one point, fountain pens were a modern product for somebody else. So right. you have to keep bringing that up. And so we're going to keep pushing into that market and try to get things into people's hands to get them excited about it because they're there's this whole push and you know we've talked about you know this on forums and you guys have talked about it on the podcast but this idea that everything's going digital that analog is dead you know that handwriting isn't important um you know i have i have terrible handwriting and it's one of those things that i really you know feel like i need to work on but if you don't know you know that a fountain pen can help make a difference or you don't know that you could buy a quality pen that isn't, you know, a thousand dollars. You know, you're just gonna kind of, you know, move on. Right. Yeah. I, 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 you're preaching to the choir on that, and I think that's super important. And I think that's what I enjoy. One of the things I enjoy the most about this community is bringing in those new people, and they all generally seem to be young. But then also getting that feedback from the people who are super experienced in this, and they like they like seeing it too because they want this to continue as well. I mean, it's it's just good for everybody to have this type of open environment where you're able to talk to someone and get some information without being, you know, shy or intimidated or worrying that you don't know what you're talking about. We're kind of all in that same boat together. And, you know, people like myself and Mike and Dan, you know, we're here to to help and to get you involved and to help you find the things that are awesome. And uh, I, I just think that's that's really cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. That's really good. Well, uh, like I, saying about the young blood as well, like what, where I thought you were going to go with it, Dan, and, and what I also think is really important is new people making things like not just new people enjoying things you know like not just like getting new people to understand the value of owning a pen but like you guys so you brad and you dan like new companies that are coming like onto the scene and making modern products like that is if anything i I think maybe even more important like to sell to to new people but also to old people like to the older people as well like you know we've been doing this stuff for like 10 years or whatever so they can understand a little bit like it doesn't need to be all vintage like i think having new companies fresh companies like knock and karis customs make this stuff and like be able to make like a sizable chunk of their business if not you know in the knox case all of their business out of this stuff i think is super important yeah, I, I at the show Keegan from One Star Leather was there because he's based absolutely, and I was pointing people in his direction as much as I could. You know, I I would talk to people. Some people would get out of case, and you know, it's maybe it's just the the salesperson in me from you know doing it for so long. But I'd say, have you seen you know Keegan from One Star? And they're like, who's that? And mm-hmm. I said, see that guy right there? You know, right there. I just point to him and I go look at his stuff and. We have a lot of overlap in our customer base, and if if you guys would have been there, I'm sure you would have sold a lot of product because there was there's nobody doing it. Right, right. I, I mean, mean, you know, that's exactly why we exist. Yeah, and and like until before we decided to get into the pen market, you know, there was really, you know, besides the the, the pen type A, it was the first you know kind of machined pen to kind of pop up. Nobody else was doing it, you know. Right. We we decided to fill this 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 niche in the market. You know, I kind of joked around that we were the gateway drug because <laughs> you know the stuff. The we, yeah, the stuff that we make is you know a guy who's into you know a decent writing pen refill. You know, wants an upgrade and he gets into it, and you know people will buy multiple pens from us, and it's great because we're able to continue giving people what they want, but at the same time, we're able to grow the market so more people are aware of the products in the industry. So it it helps everybody when everybody gets along and everybody comes up with new stuff. 
So this show was such a big hit. You're now part of the pin show circuit, right? You're going to hit them all in the U.S. Just load up the family truckster. <laughs> you and you and Bill hit, hit the road. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> no, um, I think the L.A. pin show is definitely going to be a, a staple for us because it's so close. Mm-hmm. And um, the Atlanta show, this one I wanted to go to. I was going to go to it no matter what. So he said, "Well, okay, if you're going to go, you know, let's let's make it official and you know." Mm-hmm send you out there and I'm bringing my wife and it'll be, it'll be a good time. So you guys can all find out how, how much of a man child I am by speaking with my, my wife. And, um, (laughs) but we, 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 we're considering going to the DC pen show, but I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, I have a little bit of apprehension just because the, the vintage focus that's on the show. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if it's something that's, that we can do or maybe have some new products, you know, Sometime to take to the DC show that kind of appeal towards that crowd, kind of bridge that gap. I don't know, but uh, I think it would be great to go at least once. Yeah, I, I I think you're right on that, and we're kind of thinking the same thing. You know, it's not a we're not in a place where we're traveling the the country to all the pin shows, as cool as that would be. But um, yeah, maybe more than one on any given year is a is a good deal. So that's that's very cool. Well, man, I'm I'm glad y'all had such a good positive um experience and i mean i didn't expect anything less i knew it was going to be awesome for you guys and um it was just it was good to hear you know all the the goings on of the pin show for a lot of people that have never been to a pin show and for those of you who have never been if you're within a couple hour drive or you can easy get easily get there you should go because there's there's nothing to be intimidated about the people are awesome um even the people that are just like you know, have these vintage pens that you've never, you know, seen or written with in your life. They're so willing to help you out and answer questions and they'll let you look and look at anything. And it's a really great experience. So um, definitely, definitely check them out in your future if it is so uh, available to you in your area. So, Brad, are you guys at Knock ever going to think about LA then if it's that big? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think we probably do. So, we're doing Atlanta, obviously. It's for summer. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to do Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta? Um, who's going to that? Then I would think, like, D.C. would be on the radar before L.A., just because of proximity. We could drive to it, right? Um, and then that's something that we think about, you know, like, okay, maybe in 2016 we do L.A. and, you know, just kind of do pick one that we travel to like big time every year, you know, maybe one year it's LA, one year it's Chicago, Columbus. Like, How would you even do that? Like like you'd have to like ship stuff there. Yeah. We'd have to ship. We'd have to ship. We'd have to coordinate all that. So that's why DC, DC would be on the radar before. Yeah. I mean, at least Um, it'd be easier for you than some of the pen guys, right? Because the weight of your stuff isn't going to be as bad. Like if, 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 you know, if Karis Customs had to pack up a box, like that is significantly more expensive, I assume, to ship. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, it's, you know, these are all the things we're we're trying to figure out now. So we're uh, excited to see how Atlanta goes. And yeah, a bunch of people are, are talking about Raleigh in North Carolina, which is real close to us. So um, we've had a bunch of people mention and we should just come up on that, come up there and that will be a, a real, real easy, convenient one for us to get to. So this, those are all, those are all the thought processes. Is this your first Pancho? Me? Yeah, like f- for, for Knock. Yes, yeah, I we didn't, didn't get to do, yeah, we didn't get to do last year because we were still finishing the Kickstarter project at the time, and we didn't want to start selling goods while we haven't fulfilled everyone's Kickstarter order. Yeah, so you in like full on production mode for the, the show, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're pulling, making stuff for the show as we speak. Exciting. Yep. Well, I'll be there to be, you know, to be on deck. If you need, yeah, we're excited. We're excited, and we're excited. Dan's coming, and Dudex coming, and Anna's coming. It's gonna be such a great party. Like it's gonna be saying about if if you're a drive away and you can make it, this is the one. Like this, you know, we're gonna have a. It's gonna be an excellent time. I am so excited. We are not far away now. What are we like eight, nine weeks away? Yep, something like that. So at the show. This is this is like the meeting of the dons, you know. This is so on Instagram. Anytime I've you know met a pen blogger at the shop, it's always hashtag pen blog mafia. We have That's to right. do a pen blog mafia 
Instagram shot. So I'm so on that. Like we will definitely I, do I'm that. I'm so up for that. I'm gonna put a horse head in Mike's bed and everything. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're, nobody we're gonna go. Them. Yeah, I think we need to go prep for uh, retaliation for a uh, pen show um, in Atlanta because uh, Dan's going big and not going home. So we need to be prepared for him, Mike. So. So that's a wrap for this week, Dan. We appreciate you coming on and enlightening us. And again, I'm really excited that y'all had such a great experience there at LA. Yeah, I'm, I hope Atlanta is just as fun. So I'll do everything I can to make sure that uh, everybody has a good time. Yes, yes. I'll, we look forward to it. If you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, you want to go over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 143. Uh, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us today. Where can people find you? Where can they keep up with what you're up to and what Karos is up to? Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram at uh, design underscore concussion and uh, what we're doing at the shop at Karis Customs. So Awesome. Uh, and Mr. Brad Dowdy can be found at penaddict.com and he's also on Instagram. He's penaddict. Uh, I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram. Brad is at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter. Um, thanks to everybody who checked out uh, Inquisitive, um, our most recent episode. Um, I mentioned it last week on the show and I had a bunch of penaddicts, Brad, uh, contact me to tell me it was the first mm-hmm. time they checked out the show and they really enjoyed it. So I'm really happy that uh, that people went and did that. Cause that, was, that was I would like to i would like to say this publicly mike i have never gotten chills on a podcast you haven't told me what you thought yet i well it was pretty amazing i i literally got chills uh listening to it at one point i was like oh this is really good it's it's nuts so you you did amazing an amazing job so everyone should go listen to inquisitive um if you want your mind blown a little bit by what uh mr hurley was able to accomplish in this uh podcast and it's just the beginning Thank you, man. Yeah, because I forgot it. that you hadn't uh, you hadn't listened, had you? Nope, nope. Awesome. And thank you to our sponsor for this week, our good friends over at Harry's. Uh, go check them out and help support the show. But most importantly, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>